All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. It is July 13th, 2017, and that means it's right in the middle of summer. Good old summer. Hope you guys are all getting in your picnics and your grilling and your canoe trips and the the camping and the vacation time. This is the time for it. And you know what else it's a good time for? It's hot outside. It's a good time to get in the air conditioning and play some pool. There's a lot of pool going on all over the country. Have to send out some congratulations to the West Coast out there at the West Coast 10 Ball Pro Challenge and the West Coast One Pocket Challenge and the West Coast Nine Ball Challenge. Mr. Jason Shaw took home the uh, 10 Ball title. Dennis Orcoyo took home the uh, one pocket title. And Warren Kiamko took home the nine ball title. Congratulations to those gentlemen. That was some hot action. No pun intended. You know, it is summer after all. And, you know, just last week also, Team USA Juniors went to Austria, battled out with the, uh, the Europeans, did not do so well. I won't even tell you what the score is, but I'll tell you that the United States Juniors lost... And it wasn't really good. So, hey, you know what? That's okay. Keep up the, you know, practice, hard work. And uh, Team Europe is going to be in the United States next year on our home turf. So, uh, we'll get them. We'll get them, you guys. You just keep working. Also, want to send out some congratulations to uh, Jason Klatt up in, uh, at the Molson Canadian Bar Table Championship. And, uh, ooh, Sean Wilkie. Picked up a little money out there at the Action Pool Tour. And Vivian Villarreal, believe it or not, bam, bam, down in Arizona, stealing the cheese too. So lots of pool going on. But yeah, the big action this week is really out in New York at the World Pool Series in Steinway. The RYO Rat Classic Championship is uh, going on right now through the 16th. Fantastic field of players from all over the world are battling it out at Steinway as we speak including some locals and some juniors. This is going to, I mean, this is a great event and it's being streamed for free all over Facebook and uh, other places. So you guys, if you haven't been keeping up with it, you're going to want to watch that stuff. There has been nothing but action the whole time. And as a matter of fact, we just caught up with uh, one of the players out there at the event, Mr. Skyler Woodward, who's been banging out uh, wins left and right. What's going on, Skyler? How you doing? Uh, going good how are you not bad not bad how are you playing so far uh i played good my first match i mean i played i played pretty good but i've uh my last two matches i was down both matches i come back and win both of them just uh a little not not where i feel like i should be but i mean i'm playing okay you're still in it then still in it right yeah still in it okay who who have you played so far i played uh Blair Lewandowski, I think, uh, from uh, up here this area. And then I played uh, Tommy Tokoff okay. from Texas. And then uh, I just played Tony Robles last round. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So you had a couple of tough competitors so far there. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a couple of tough ones. Well, I mean, you're just coming off of this hot streak. Uh, you and Shane went to the World Cup of Pool and, and came in second. How'd that feel? Oh, that was uh, that was amazing! Like uh, my first time ever going there, 
getting picked for that was and to go there and just get second was it's uh that's awesome. But at the same time we we made a bad choice and shot the wrong shot at when we was up six five in the finals and then we didn't get another shot after that. We should have right. just made the ball and then played safe on the next one, then everything's wide open and then instead we tried to break it out and but oh well, you know, everybody plays a bad shot and that and that's what we did. But it happens. Yeah, it it happens. What's it like playing with Shane? Uh, it's, it's actually it's not it's not bad. I mean, a lot of people think it'd be hard to play with Shane because because of who he is. But like, I grew up uh, looking up to Shane. He was always my favorite player as a kid. And then um, and then like playing with him, it was I mean, it was crazy. And I think like our styles are a lot alike, like how we play. So it, it wasn't it wasn't that bad like playing with him at all. Well, yeah, it looks like you guys got along pretty well and played pretty well. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, what's coming up next? Uh, after this, I'm going to Vegas for the two U.S. Open, okay. U.S. Open 8-ball and U.S. Open 10-ball, and then the, I'm going to play the three challenge events in between. Yeah. Who are those going to be against? Uh, I don't know. Not sure are you yet. talking about this tournament or what's next for me? What's like next? next tournament. Yeah, what's your next tournament? So you were right. You, yeah. were, you were heading the right yeah. place. Yeah. Well, so you're going to go to the U.S. Opens and then do some challenge matches. Are you are you trying to get points for the Moscone Cup? Yeah, of course. I mean, that'd be. I want to make it for sure. Right on. Because there's yeah, there's nothing like it. So uh, I just I want to play it like every year. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I was behind. I was behind in points, so I'm I'm having to grind all these tournaments now. To come back because I missed a few in the beginning of the year, and I was I was way down and stuff but now like a couple tournaments ago i i did real good and and got quite a few points and uh come back and got me like eighth in the points and and now i think i'm I'm sitting pretty good right now in this tournament so i got a chance i got a chance to jump way up like maybe top four top five in this event so yeah yeah. we'll see what happens well yeah keep your nose to the to the grindstone as they say you know and maybe you will what do you think about uh, what do you think about this new format uh, and the new coach for the Moscone Cup team? What, what's the, I don't know the new format. Well, you know the the not the format of the of the games, but the format for picking the the, the players. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Uh, actually, I, I, I like it. Uh, I like it, uh, and I like the uh, I like the coach a lot. I think the coach is going to be good. Yeah, Johan's definitely qualified. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's going to be different, you know, with the, with the way that the selection process goes this year. There's sure to be some surprises. That's for sure. What'd you say? Oh, it sounds like there's a shootout going on. Yeah, the intercom. The guy on the intercom came up because they have a shootout, Billy. Okay. He'll shoot out now. All right, so. To the listeners, there uh, that's at Steinway Billiards there, and uh, Billy Thorpe is just going into a shootout with his opponent, and that's yep. uh, that's John Layman you hear on the mic there, or is that Ted? No, nope, that's John. You're right. Okay, that's Layman. Yeah. Okay, I think Ted's there too. I was going to give him a call, but all right. Well, thanks for taking the time, Sky. I know you're 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 busy in the middle of the event and uh, trying to sweat some matches here, so we appreciate you giving us the update. Yep. Anytime. All right, man. Best of luck to you, and hopefully we'll see you on the Moscone Cup team. All right, thanks. Yeah, I hope so. All right, best of luck to you. We'll talk to you soon.
All right, welcome back, everybody, and I'm talking to the one and only Mr. Jerry Forsyth. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, David. I hope you are as well. I am. I'm. We're enjoying the the. <laughs> we're enjoying. The, I'm enjoying the heat anyway. Not everybody does, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> it's. Uh, yeah, it's in the 80s down here. I don't. I don't mind the heat. I'd much rather have summer than winter. Yeah, that's pretty much my point right there. It's, this is Chicago, and and I wait six months for this, so I'm not going to complain at all. You know. Yeah. Well, the word is on the street that uh, you are looking to retire. Is that true? Well, yeah, it's about time. I'm going to be I'm going to be seventy this year, and it's time I took some of that time to have the uh, happy golden years that I worked all these years to get. Yeah, yeah, and take some time to enjoy it. That's for sure. Well, cool. I right. Mean, so you've had, uh, you know, for some of the listeners that may or may not know all about your career, you have been an author, a photographer, uh, well, author, writer, same thing there, uh, commentator, um, just pretty much every, you know, major job that could be done with the, with the pool industry. Do, did you have a favorite part? Uh, I... <laughs> My favorite part you didn't even mention. Oh, okay, okay, tell me about <laughs> my favorite. Pa- my favorite part was playing. Oh yeah. On Steve Miserac's senior tour. Oh yeah. That was that was more fun than I think I've ever had doing anything. Cool. Now, what years would that have been? Roughly. Uh, let's see, the late nineties. I'm, I'm I'm thinking 97, 98, 99, but I could be off by a few yeah, years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what that was your game of choice? Well, that was a no. The the, the great thing about the senior tour mm-hmm. was everybody was there. It was a social event. Yeah, yeah. And we did a lot of things other than just play pool. When we had an event in North Carolina. I uh, can't remember the name of the golf course, but it was a famous golf course where there have been world championships held. And uh, we played that golf course the mm-hmm. day before the tournament started. Heck yeah. And uh, and I was in the cart with Miserac. <laughs> and, and on the 15th hole, I'll never forget this, on the 15th hole it started raining so hard <laughs> that you had to get away from it. So we got back in the cart and we headed off to the... Uh, clubhouse right and about a hole away from the clubhouse the rain was so hard you couldn't see in front of the cart (laughs) and we hit a tree root and ripped a tire out from under the cart (laughs) so we went the rest of the way back to the clubhouse dragging that cartwheel (laughs) and and it was great i mean you were playing people like Buddy Hall right. and uh, Nick Varner and Jim Rempe. Heck you know, I mean, all the old guys that uh, had so many stories to tell. Yeah, and it was it was just it was just a fun time. Yeah, that sounds like it would have been a blast. Really, it sounds like it. Oh, it, oh, it was, it was. Well, so you, well, I guess I could, to go back to my original question, what was your favorite game to play? Oh. Golly, it changed over the years. Right. Uh, okay. When I started playing, uh, straight pool was the game. 
yeah. late fifties, early sixties, uh, we played straight pool. Sure. Okay. And I really, really enjoyed playing straight pool. Mm-hmm. Great game. Um, but I do understand that it's a problem <clears throat> getting people to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to nine ball, I guess, in the late 60s. And I enjoyed that as well because <clears throat> it's over very quickly. Um, right. Uh, I like being able to play sets. Yes. And, um, you know, you have a bad rack, that's okay. You can come back next time and have a good rack. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really do like nine ball. Now, <clears throat> I enjoy playing one pocket. Yeah. Uh, but I cannot stand to watch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's a great game to play. It, I, I love it, too, to play it. But I I don't want to sit there and watch somebody else to play unless it's just like a, a close friend of mine or something, you know, because it does get boring after a while. Uh, with some players, it does. When they start pushing the balls up table. Yeah. Um, it's time to go get a hot dog. Uh, if, if, if they play, if they play fast and loose. Now, if you're watching Ronnie Allen play, yeah, you know, in his in his heyday, those games were quick. Yeah. You know, I like the aggressive players. I like Scott Frost one pocket game. Yeah. Um, uh, love Alex Pagulian's one pocket game. Yeah. Um, can watch those guys, but um, the ones who rely on on defense, defense, defense. Uh, those games I, I need to get away from. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Well, and it, it's on that same token, um, you know, you've obviously uh, covered all kinds of games and all kinds of uh, tournaments and events and stuff. What's your favorite to watch then? High level nine ball now. Because really, that's all we have to watch. Hmm. Um, if we had. Um, high-level uh, straight pool that was produced in a quality manner, like for TV. Right. Um, that would be fun to watch. I would certainly watch that. Yeah, myself uh, included, yeah. But, but high-level nine ball, uh, frankly, in a way that's not really fair for the players, I like the way Matchroom does it, where it's a race to five, short race, yeah. so that that very first rack means something. In fact, yeah. it means a lot. It's 20% of the, your total score. Yeah. Um, races to longer races, I understand, are much more fair to the players uh, because the better player has time to come back if he gets into a hole. Right. Um, but I like the action of, of fast sets. So yeah. not many people are going to agree with me on that one. <laughs> well, the players probably won't, but... I, I agree with you because I think that's sort of the true spirit of the game is uh, that high-intensity, short, quick, you know, sort of bam, 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 as opposed yeah, to, and, you know. And, and frankly, I'm not sure that we need more players in the game as much as we need more fans. Well, that's certainly true, too. <laughs> this is true. We should do something that the fans like to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, uh, okay, so then over the years, you've covered this and that and the other. Um, is there certain players that stand out as your favorites, um, sort of all-time favorites? or I mean, I'm sure we could divide it up into you know, time frames and stuff. but Yeah, I've, I've really had so many favorite players. Yeah. Um, on the 60s, 
senior tour, it was Buddy Hall. Mm. Um, Buddy is just a joy to be around. And he's got one of the greatest personalities that there's ever been. He's got a sense of humor that never stops. <laughs> and uh, so Buddy, uh, you know, if Buddy was playing a game, uh, I was going to be there watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I love the way he played. That He never asked the cue ball to do a lot of work. You know, it was six-inch shape, it seemed like, on, yeah. on every shot he made. He really set the table up well. Yeah. And he just, because he played such a simple game, you rarely saw Buddy get out of line. Yeah, yeah, this is very he, true. He was really great. Now, um, Johnny Archer um, is, is has been a great friend over the years, and I've always enjoyed watching Johnny play. Um, and and he's a lot of fun to be around. Yeah. So. Um, you know, and and it's not always the 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 world champions that I that I really like. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. Uh, there are a lot of the uh, also ran players that I'm I'm not going to name now since I just called them also rans uh, <laughs> that I've gotten along with very very well over the years. I've gotten along with most of the players very very well over the years, and you know the ones with some personality. Um, Alex Bagulayan, uh Keith McCready, those kind of guys, um, you know, they're what makes the, the game so much fun. Absolutely um, true. To watch, you yeah, know. Absolutely. I would have to agree with you. Those guys, they make it, well, like you said, you know, some guys play better than others, but there's certainly some guys that are more likable than others, too, you know. Yeah. And there's some that are, you know, more exciting to play, or, you know, to watch play, and some of them are a little more controversial to watch play. Uh, absolutely. It takes all. Absolutely. It takes all kinds. But, but, I'm sorry. <laughs> it takes all kinds. It does. Now, as far as favorite events, um, I can't remember the name of it, but they had an event in Tokyo. Um, years ago by a fella named Tanaka. And this would have been in the, I'm sure, the late 90s. And they invented, they invited the great cue makers to come play in the event. Oh, interesting. And they seeded the cue makers into the second round so that they were guaranteed a payout. Oh, cool. Well, one of the cue makers who was seeded into the second round, was Mike Siegel. <laughs> oh, wow. Who certainly didn't need a seed. No, <laughs> I mean, no, he does not. And I forget how Mike did in that tournament, but he did real well. Oh, heck and, yeah. Uh, That's pretty funny, yeah. Efren Reyes won it, and he won, oh, God, I think it was $600,000 first place. It was huge. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah, I think that was the biggest first place money ever, ever awarded. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. Is that like the the biggest prize that you've ever seen uh, being paid out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe I've heard of anything uh, up that that big before. Wow. Well, and that goes no, I to mean, I re I remember the World Pool Championships now in Cardiff. They were paying out four hundred thousand. Wow, that's not bad. Um, yeah, that's when Matchroom had the mm -hmm. World Pool Championship. Right. Right. 
Well, and let me ask you this, since you mentioned Japan, uh, let's talk about Asia for a second. You know, in, in your uh, expert observation over the years, what's going on? Like, why is pools booming over there all of a sudden? Or is it not all of well, a sudden? The, they, the game just became popular over there, and, and frankly, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, taught in many schools. Uh, mm-hmm. Players have coaches. Um, uh, they take the game very seriously, and the government has a lot of uh, support, has a lot of money behind it. Yeah. Uh, it's not cheap to buy pool tables for thousands of schools. Right. Um, but that's also the problem with pool in China, because if the government decides to lose interest in it, uh, the money goes away. Yeah. Now there may be now there may be enough pool industry in China uh, to uh, fill that gap and, right, uh, right. and take and keep it going anyway because they have really taken over. Um, they're taking it. Products. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely true. Well, and here's a question I'm kind of curious about, and I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer, but like I said, with your experience, I wonder how you feel about this. Do you think that perhaps um, the Asian contingency, I mean, whether it be China or Korea or Japan, I know that Japan has sort of a fascination with uh, American culture, pop culture specifically, like... I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, they're into the Hollywood thing and, the, you know, yeah. some other stuff like that. Yeah. And so that from that perspective, it doesn't surprise me that that an Asian country might pick up pool or something like that just because they think it's cool that the Westerners do it. But do you think uh, in some of these places that there's a little bit of jealousy? Like, let's let's become great at this so that we can beat the Americans or beat the Westerners, you know? Or do you well, think it's there just used to be? Yeah, but. Um, I don't think America can claim superiority in pool over the oh, last decade. Right, yeah, no, um, right. I just wonder if that was their motivation, like they looked over and said, let's be better at them with, at something than they are, kind of a thing, you know? Well, I'm, I'm sure that provided motivation. <laughs> could be, it could be. They're, they, they're, they're out to get us, Jerry, that's what it is, they're coming for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, they they have put so much energy behind it. I mean, yeah. I would say 90% of the uh, major events in the world are now played in China. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And it's it's surprising and it's amazing at the same time. You would think that with uh, the political discomfort between some of the free nations that China wouldn't, you know, want to go that route, sort of, you know, as far as, oh yeah, that's what those darn Westerners do. But uh, it's really quite the opposite. They seem like they're doing it faster and bigger and harder than we are, you know, than we've ever done. So it's a, yeah. little, it's a little surprising. Yeah. And, you know, since obviously players in China can travel to events in China yeah. a lot more easily than can anyone else, yeah. uh, they get to play in all the events. And... Mm. Uh, not that they don't deserve the rankings, they do. Yeah, uh, oh, but yeah. they have an advantage in being able to to play so many events. Yeah, in their own country, big paying events where they can make a career out of it and devote the time. Where over here, that's exactly what the pros struggle with: is that 
you know, you still have to eat, but you need to train well enough to play, you know, to get top, finish top in the events so you can pay the bills, <laughs> you know. Well, and, and that's true for European players as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not a short flight uh, yeah. uh, from, from Europe to China. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, is there any other highlights of the career? I mean, as far as, um, you know, um, let's specifically referring to media coverage. Um, is there some aspect of that that you like more or that you enjoyed more than others? Yeah. Absolutely. The event coverage that Sky Broadcasting did mm -hmm. for the Whirlpool Championships yeah. in Cardiff was amazing. They would do these, they would film promos every day that played all over um, British Sky Broadcasting on all their right. networks. Yeah. yeah. And it was things <clears throat> when Europe was down a lot. I remember a promo they did that was called The Great Escape, and it, they used the music from the movie The Great Escape, <laughs> and it showed uh, um, all the German players, uh, Ortman, <laughs> excuse me, and Kay and all those guys climbing over this fence behind um, uh, York Hall and at night. Uh, with a uh, phony spotlight shining on <laughs> And they did this whole promo on uh, can Europe come back and make the great escape from American pressure. Well, as it turns out, they could not. They lost that year. But they did, they did these really creative promos every year, every day. Yeah. And um, when we lost the world championship, I guess we lost the budget to do that sort of thing. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate because that's exactly the kind of excitement and promotion that we need, you know, to get the average person to look up and see what this is all about. You know what I mean? And that's one of the sad things I have about all the events in China. They have no interest in having that thing broadcast internationally. They just yeah. Don't, yeah. Put, they don't put any effort into it. Right. Well, and that is a shame because, uh, you know, I feel like if more Americans saw the big production, you know, the big to do, they might be more interested in watching it, you know, especially yes. if, especially if there were American players involved, you know, for example. So, yes, yeah. but there are always Westerners involved in those Chinese events. I don't think there would be. I think that would be a, a show that would be popular in in Europe and America. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Probably so. Well, um, let's see. What have you learned that's good about pool, and what have you learned that's bad about pool? Um, boy, I think the good thing about pool frankly, is that it's just so much fun to play at any level. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're good. Right. Uh, in fact, if you go into a pool room, the table that has the most laughter around it is the table of people who've never played pool before in their <laughs> lives. Um, so I, th I think that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fantastic recreational sport. Yeah. Um, and you're inside, you, you don't have to 
be out in the heat. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, and the social aspects of it, you know, I played league for oh twenty five years, and it wasn't for the pool, you know, yeah. for for those guys to be around those guys every week, right? And just have a night out once a week. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. Yeah. Um, what's the worst thing about pool? You know, I've never thought that. <laughs> um, what's bad about it? I think I think the worst thing I've seen develop in pool is the current expectation for every ball to be touching in a nine-ball rack. Oh. Uh, everybody wants a perfect rack um, since the Sardo rack came along yeah. and provided that. Yeah. Um, before that, you know, you'd get up and you'd hit the balls, and sometimes you'd get a mud rack. Uh, we solved that by racking your own, and you found out that sometimes you're still going to get a mud rack. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I just don't see this need for a demand that every ball be touching so that we're spending more time arguing over each rack than we are playing the rack. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I would like to get back to the days when you hit them hard and made things happen. Yeah, absolutely true. Well, and and uh, let me follow up question to that now. Is there something about being a pool player that is inherently bad? No. No, I mean, um, why does it have such a a, a bad reputation? <laughs> well, I know you know why it has a bad reputation, but but if you're a good person, though, is there anything really wrong with with playing pool? I mean, like, could what argument could you possibly make against it, or is there? I don't see that you can now. I mean, what we are dealing with, of course, is a lingering perception that just refuses to die. Right. Um, it it uh, you know the image of the of Ames pool room and the hustler is still what people have in their minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just not reality at all. I mean, try to find me one of those pool rooms. I mean, I, I know you can, but not as easily as you can find a modern sports bar. Right. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. There are still the grungy, uh, excuse my French, shitholes out there. But uh, oh yeah. But by and large, I mean, I think that most of the pool room owners and the players, even in the fans, are have long recognized that nobody wants that, and so it's just not desirable, you know, to have a shady place at all in any way. You know what I mean? The cities, the villages, the towns that license this stuff, they don't want that. They're, you know what I mean? They're looking out for that more so than ever. And you well, can't, it's not a successful business well, model either, you know. You, you can't really make money renting out pool tables. Right. So you've got to have a nice enough place that people are going to want to come and drink your drinks and eat your food. Right, exactly. And watch your TVs, as the case may be, and other stuff, you know, like that. But you're right. You can't just put pool tables in a room anymore and, and let the bums have at it. It's just not, it's not going to pay the bills. It won't work. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I think that the movement with the, you know, the strong movement that we're having with the youth right now is going to go a long ways as far as, uh, raising that image up just a little bit. I mean, it's not going to fix it obviously, but, uh, the more kids 
the more juniors that we get through the system uh, as professionally as possible with as least amount of bad influences as possible, the better. And, you know, in 10 years, we have, we're going to have a whole new crop, literally, of uh, really, you know, brought up well pool players. I guess that's the way I'm looking at it. Well, that is certainly the hope. Yeah. Uh, I have to commend the BCA on their commitment to the Atlantic Challenge Cup and promotion of Junior's Pool and mm-hmm. the Billiard Education Foundation and yes. all those people working so hard for the juniors. Um, I wish uh, things were different. I've talked to pool room owners who said, uh, I'd love to let kids in here on Saturday morning um, and let them play for free. Uh, but my state liquor laws won't let me let them in here if they're not 21 or accompanied by a parent and their parents are mowing the lawn. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. No, you're right. There are still some, I mean, as as hard as some of these guys try to accommodate, you know, uh, the families and the kids, sometimes the law just won't allow it, you know. So, you know, that takes it back to the parents, you know. If you're okay with it, then get yourself a table at the house so that kids don't have to go there, you know. That's just as good. Yes. You know, why not? Yeah, I had a, uh, when I lived in Texas, I had a neighbor who bought a pool table uh, when his daughter uh, became 10 years old. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he said, I figured it would be just a great babysitter. Yeah, absolutely. And five five years later, he came up to me and said, do you know anybody wants to buy this table? <laughs> and I said, I said, well, I can find someone, but why do you want to get rid of it? I thought you wanted a babysitter. He said, I can't get the kids out of my house. <laughs> he said, my house is where all the kids come. Oh. And I've had it for five years up to my neck in kids. He said, i got to get rid of that table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, isn't that a kick in the pants, man? Wow. Oh, yeah. He got exactly what he was hoping for. Yeah, it's a fact. <laughs> he got exactly what he was hoping for. But you know what, though? It's the truth. Um, I Same exact situation. When I lived in Texas, uh, it, we would go to the guy's house who had the pool table. You know, and that was right. That was the place to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would have given my left arm to have a pool table at the house, man. I really would have. We got yeah, lucky. you are instantly popular if you have a pool table. Yeah, well, a pool table or a swimming pool, one of the two, you know, and you're the place to be, <laughs> one of those. Yeah, yeah. Well, goodness gracious, Jerry, if I if I hadn't said it before, thank you for your service all these years for, for covering and, and giving us the stories and the pictures and what's happening when we can't be there. Um, we appreciate it. Like I said, if I've never said it before, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure you don't get a hell of a lot of thank you for it, but nonetheless, props to you, sir. Well, thank you. Uh, but you know, I enjoyed every minute of it. So I'm the one that's in debt. (laughs) Good, 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 good. Well, I mean, you're not going to disappear completely, right? Oh, no. I'll be coming to uh, Turning Stone this year and to uh, the U.S. Open and the Moscone Cup. Cool. Um, uh, and I'll go to the BCA trade show in Las Vegas. Okay, good. Well, I'm hoping to be out at the Moscone Cup. So uh, maybe we can both, if we both bring a rabbit's foot, maybe we can make something happen out there. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be with your quarter. <laughs> 
because I don't donate to those casinos, pal. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I was... don't mind. I don't oh. mind gambling, but I don't call that gambling. Oh no, I'm talking about we need to stick rabbit's feet in all the back pockets of our Team USA. Is what we're gonna have to do, man. We need to get get these guys some luck or something, or a swift well, kick in the ass, maybe. That that'll cycle. You know, we never thought it would cycle away from America winning it every year. And now we're saying, oh, it's never going to cycle away from Europe winning every every year. Well, sure it will. Yeah, it will. It will. Yeah, they'll get... Yes, you're right. This will, The people will come around. You know, it's just not possible for... Uh, it just won't stay that way. But that's a whole other story. I won't even go into the, the, the Team USA recovery. We're going to go out there and give it hell and keep giving it hell until we can't give it any hell anymore so that's right all right jerry well i thank you sir again for your absolutely irreplaceable service in the billiard industry and i'm sure that the listeners do too and thank you for your time for talking to us sure thing i appreciate the interview all right ladies and gentlemen we'll catch you next week right here on american billiard radio 